This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Crime. I'm your host, Leah Lamar. My little social sleuths. We've got with us today our friend. I, 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 the fact that I said friend and he's already laughing, I, I take it back. He's a, I'm, laughing guy. I'm laughing because you called him your little social sleuths. My little <laughs> Just, social like, sleuths. It was, it was a very Cruella de Vil. Thank you. You're That's an, I, That is my dream role. Mm-hmm. To play Corella. I think I've already got it in the bag. But anyway, yo, guys. But instead of 100, 101 <laughs> Dalmatians, it's just 101 single men. Is it? Oh, yeah. my. We just live yeah. action this thing. This is actually the most accurate thing that I've ever heard. So um, a little update. Still in Europe. Uh, I'm, at Can- I'm in Cannes right now. Am I ever coming home? In Cannes, by the way, just so you guys know, that is a that is a city. That is, she doesn't mean she's in the Cannes, like coming to you from the bathroom. Wouldn't that be funny? Hey, guys. So I'm actually uh, in jail if you could come and if everyone could just put together like a little GoFundMe to get me out, the bail is set pretty high. What did I do? It's a long story, but mostly just a drunk tank. Okay, no, I'm so I'm in Cannes. France is great. I'm here for the film festival. Anyway, um, Dimitri, you you just it's, Dimitri heavy side without heavy sighing. It's it's a it's a dark time here right now, and uh, you know what? I'm glad that you're not here to to. to you know, not that you're not feeling it over there, but it, it, after everything what happened and it will started in Buffalo, you know, last week, but in Texas uh, at the elementary school, it's it's a it's a difficult time to um, to be here and to be jovial and to and to try and to try and go on, especially as a parent. It's a difficult time to deal with this stuff. And, and it's also it, it immediately what we do best here in this country is we politicize everything or people do. And all of a sudden it's this and it's that and, and people come on and they have their statements and they, and it's it's maddening because you want people for a moment, you know, not not glory. I'm definitely not glorifying these times. But after 9-11, there was a little bit of a bond here when the pandemic hit. There's a little bit of a bond here. The, the bond of people coming together seems to it, it's it's growing shorter and shorter. So there's not even that recovery period where we all feel like we're mourning together and that makes it more difficult. I am so deeply disturbed by everything. All the notifications I've gotten have been about gun violence and it's so deeply upsetting. And I just think that our country is changing in a way that feels, (sighs) I mean, I've said this before, I'll say it again, you know, LA is pretty much as liberal as you can get besides New York in America. 
And there used to be signs on the highway that would say gun control now or ban guns. And now it's like store your gun safely. And that's troubling. That just really shows you the, the sign of the times. So anyway, obviously, what we will be speaking about right now, we'll just do one hot topic today, which is the Texas school shooting. And then we're going to chat with Courtney Armstrong and Stephanie Lidecker, who are incredible hosts of the Piketown Massacre. And Dimitri, not to, um, you know, as much as I love talking about my love life, I <laughs> <laughs> think we can just uh, hop right to this today, unless you unless you feel it's necessary to get an update. Um, yeah, I'm always up for an update, but it maybe it seems a little uh, it's odd inappropriate right now. today. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll save it's it for an- the next time. Just stay with this guy until next time so we can still talk about it. Before we get it, obviously, we're going to do the one hot topic about Texas, the elementary school. And it is clearly, as I'm sure you know, a very sensitive topic. So we're letting you know that we will be talking about it. And just to prepare you that, you know, it's it's never a comfortable thing to talk about. But that's that's where we're headed right now. Thank you, Dimitri. So everyone has heard about this story. And if you haven't yet, just turn on your TV. This is happening right now. But... Okay. Um, This is a really tragic story, you guys. This is the Texas school shooting that's all happening in real time. Multiple people are dead, including several children, after an active shooter incident at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Law enforcement sources has confirmed all of this, and obviously we've seen it all over the news. And I think there are 19 children dead now unless there was a new update. I don't know if anyone has that information. Dimitri, as far as I knew. Yeah, that's the last I had heard. This is the second deadliest school shooting in American history. And two patients were transferred to San Antonio for treatment while a third was pending transfer. The hospital said a 45-year-old who was also hospitalized after getting grazed by a bullet. Um, uh, We don't know the status on their life at the moment. And I, I, I just, apparently this young man also shot his grandmother before going to the elementary school and shot these children and teachers. My heart is broken. I mean, it's like, how many times does it need to happen for anything to change? It's, it's already it's, happened it's, too many I'm, times. I'm I'm baffled. I just don't get it. Yeah, and, and I mean the, it's like even if even if they arm teachers, right? The whole like good guy with a gun versus the bad guy with the gun thing. It's like well, then you have to train teachers in guns. Then it's like what happens if a student gets access to the gun somehow? How about it's like having more guns doesn't ever feel like the answer. It doesn't, and, and, and that's a responsibility to put on a teacher. Is that that that's not what their job is. And by the way, that should not be. An excuse that should not be like, well, we can't do that because these same lawmakers that are like, you know, that are saying, oh, we should arm teachers. They're the ones that if you look at their bios on social media, right, they're the ones that are posting. Well, yo, no one's taking our Second Amendment away from us. No one's going to take our guns. Hey, ammunition and guns are selling out faster than like they're bragging about it. So don't tell me that. It's a grant. I know what they say. They say that the the people that have these guns, they're not. But you're glorifying it. Right. You're making a big deal out of it. So then that's two 18 year olds now that have gotten weapons that they shouldn't have had because they don't have to pass any kind of checks or they get them illegally or whatever it is. The point is, you have to make it harder. Okay, it's not just armed teachers. No, make it harder first. And. Here's the other thing. So just a update. It's 19 children and two adults. That's 21 people. Uh, my other thought is, you know, so the shooter is dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, the police shot him. I, I'm always, I'm just like, what is the motive? What What's what's going on? How Tell is me. this happening? And also, it, it's like, oh, so we're, are we supposed to just amp up? Are we supposed to have a professional level of security and metal detectors and 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 like fences gates around elementary schools and middle schools and high schools and movie theaters and malls and like at what point is this it, it's like how do we prevent these sorts of 
issues. Yeah, so, how do we prevent gun violence? I mean, it's like how much security is secure enough? I don't get it. Yeah. During the pandemic, you know, uh, everyone kind of got into their thing of get kids back in schools, you know, their mental health, this and that. Well, you know what? There's something about mental health, about going to school and not knowing if you're coming home or if someone's going to walk in and, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, and shoot you and your classmates. I'm, I'm struggling with this story. Obviously, as a parent, I have, this is difficult for me. Um, but, you know, it's like... <laughs> I saw someone, I can't let this go. I saw someone on the news yesterday and they, you know, everyone comes up with their little spin or their other topics. And someone was like, you know, this is also, this is about, you know, kids being afraid to, to, um, to what's the word? I forget what the word was, but he's basically like tattle, you know, kids, you know, if you see something, you have to say something. Hey, Hey dude, go f yourself. It's like, no, that's 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 not where you're going to where you're going to direct this blame right now. OK, because number one, this was an 18 year old kid and these were elementary school students. So what? 10, 11 and younger. Right. So it's not like this was a classmate that brought a knife to school and no one said anything. So get your little propaganda bullshit off the news right now. OK, there's certain things that we have to focus on. And you blaming children who are some of them no longer with us is not the angle that anybody needs. And there's, there's no one that should be given a guy like that a microphone. The children should never be blamed. No, this is, is so us. Hard. This is adults. No. This is adults. This is, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speechless and I know you're a parent so that this is hitting you in a way that I can't even imagine. But I, I just, I just don't understand. This is just illogical to me how we don't have any sort of banning of guns gun control in a meaningful way and why is it taking so long it, it just doesn't make it's nonsensical and i think yeah. that is the end of the story you know yeah. i am how many more times how many more times i just don't it, like this is the definition of an insanity i brought you know, one of my same kids thing over yeah. and over it is and and people normalizing it or being like well just armed teachers that's the only way to go it's not the only way to go and it's not you know, the only way to go I had brought one of my kids this morning to uh, she had an overnight today, which is, you know, is for me as a parent, it's a difficult time to grasp that. But obviously you have to do what you have to do. But as she's getting ready to get on the bus, she was a little nervous in general and not because we had talked about this, but she was a little nervous. She's like, Dad, let's take a selfie. And in my head, I'm like, F like, does she know? Or two, I have all this swirling around my head right now. And I'm like. So you get that moment where like, let's take a selfie and then you can't but help it nowadays. And I'm like, you know, like you look at this stuff and there were parents in Texas that maybe took a selfie before school or maybe said, I love you, or maybe said, see you later or whatever. And that was the last time they got to do that with their children. And that is not something that I, mean, I think about stuff like that anyway. Like that's just the way that I'm wired. I think about, I value life, right? I had some, some instances where I lost some family members when I was young. And so I value my everyday life. But that shouldn't be a normal thing for people to think about. I'm going to the store. I'm going to think, yes, always tell somebody that you love them. But it should not be, is this the last time I'm going to see somebody because I'm going to the store or because they're going to f***ing school? <sighs> Sorry. No, I'm, I think this is all exactly how everyone is feeling. And you're just vocalizing it. And um, I'm... <sighs> I, I, I really feel at a loss of words for this story and I'm grateful that you have such a strong perspective on it. And uh, I'm also sorry that you have to have such a strong perspective on it. I mean, this is completely, I can't imagine having children at that school. And, and the other thing is that the children who live will never be the same either. So all the survivors are going to have survivor's guilt and they're going to be afraid of being indoors in buildings that they would normally deem safe. And, you know, that's, this is a tragedy that doesn't just end here. Yeah. It's like, and sadly you can rattle off the other people, the other, where those other students and people are from Columbine, Newtown, Parkland. Like there's so many schools that you can rattle Sandy off in Hope. your head. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, I think uh, this is a little bit of a touchy hot topic for both of us, and we're going to just quickly cut to break and have a breather, 
And I suggest you all have a sip of water, take a break, come back to the podcast. And we've got some great guests coming up. We love you very much. And our heart goes out to everyone who's affected in this tragedy. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile... The ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Oh my gosh, it's great to have you both. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, time absolutely. today. Thank you. We are um, big, huge fans. Dark day, though, I guess, to be here just based on what's happening in the world today. Yeah. yeah. Too much real-time crime. I, I think the unfortunate thing about our podcast is that every time we think we're just going to do some, you know, old cases and maybe a couple of, of of hilarious, funny little crimes here and there, it's always like, oh, no, wait, another huge tragedy just happened, which is also the point of this podcast. Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. You know, we talk about that a lot, not to jump in about, you know, talking about crimes is that perpetuate crimes or, you know, what is the cross section and Personally, I think it's really important to talk about it. So what you guys do, I think, is incredibly valuable. Not to get heady. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. I think, yeah. you know, I used to think that. I used to think, you know, the more we publicize stuff. But then I thought, you know what? I think people need to talk about stuff. Otherwise, you just keep it all inside. And yeah. I don't think that talking about the, the crimes is what, you know, causes people to commit them. I think... I think when you give someone that committed a crime a reality show or something like that, then yes, maybe we're crossing the line there. But I think uh oh, he's talking about the Tinder about swindler again. I am. That still <laughs> irritates me. <laughs> the guy just took people's money, conned everybody, and then everybody's like, "Hold on, let's give this guy a show." Does Madoff have a show yet? 
Yeah. I think he'd have a great reality show. Up next. Yeah. It's sorry. It is, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Stephanie? I won't. I won't uh, hijack. But you know. No. No. Please out. hijack away. This is, Actually, yeah, that's the whole point of this thing is hijack. Yeah, literally, that's actually the alternate name for this podcast. Well, I it's also- called Real Time Hijack. <laughs> as you hijack, please, please, Stephanie. The well, what we're going to do is we're going to keep interrupting you. So is, we're going to make the hijack <laughs> difficult for you. No one just sits there and agrees to be hijacked. Go ahead. No, that's part of the game. Is we all continually hijack each other. So I'm sorry, but this is not going to be fun for anyone. <laughs> we get it. No, we really get it. But like to back up to what you were just saying about talking about crimes, I think it's the only way we know how to keep ourselves safe is sort of knowing that these hideous things do in fact happen and how we can, you know, spot the boogeyman in the room and hopefully prevent these things from happening again. So that's it for my soapbox. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, even on social media, I'm in life, I'm 99% sarcasm. But um, somewhere along the way, I used to keep all stuff inside. And somewhere along the way, I realized, you know what, if I have a thought, I kind of like, I'll write it out. And because I realized that Sometimes other people need to hear it or need to th- or, or think, hey, I didn't think of it that way. Or, or it's nice to know that someone else is having these feelings, too. Or mm-hmm. So I think it's important. Well, it's also nice to have an alternate perspective on an event that you might not have heard before and gather more insight and to change your own perspective, maybe. Not to mention right. if you meet somebody who has been the victim of a crime or has survived something as hideous as some of the crimes that we talk about. And they have the wherewithal and the ability to come and sit down for an interview and push on with their lives and share their story. I find it very inspiring. It really puts things into perspective in terms of what I was whining about yesterday. You know, you wake up to what we've seen today, this level of tragedy, and it's mind blowing. And it just kind of reminds us all to, you know, get grateful and, you know, be aware. We've got the incredible, beautiful, talented Courtney Armstrong and Stephanie Lidecker on the podcast today. We are so grateful to have you both here. And they're the hosts of the Pike Town Massacre podcast. And it's available on all Apple podcasts. They're already far into their episodes. So if you're someone who likes to binge, oh, I have a treat for you. Plan a road trip, baby. So you both are unscripted TV producers. And now you host this podcast about the terrifying Piketown Massacre, along with co-host Jeff Shane, who's not here. That's fine. We won't ask questions. But did you kill him? (laughs) Sounds like sometimes sometimes Jeff is a good nickname for him. Haha. So the show tells the story of the horrific family annihilation. On the night of April 21st, 2016 in rural Piketown, Ohio, eight members of the Roden family were all shot to death. Season two of the Piketown Massacre just began, and it starts with a bang. All puns intended. One of the four suspects in the massacre, who has been pleading his innocence for years, changed his mind and entered a guilty plea. That would be like Amber Heard turning around in court right now and just being like, you know what? I did shit the bed. (laughs) I don't know if she... Oh, yeah. She blamed it on the dog. Has she done that? Yes, she has. Is that... There we go. Depends who you ask. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, if we ask Johnny. So two years later in 2018, their neighbors, the Wagners, were arrested and charged with committing the largest massacre in Ohio's history. Shocked by the arrest, the once close-knit and religious community remains divided and unable to cope. Ladies, before we go more into the nitty-gritty, is there anything you want to share about the pod or your experience? Or if you want to just um, talk shit about Jeff since he's not here? (laughs) um uh jeff is here with us in spirit and we wish you were in person as well um because as stephanie said he has a real i know you said in person but it sounded like you said i wish he was in prison as well Uh, (laughs) sometimes peel back the layers on that one courtney (laughs) um but yeah i'll say what what brought part of what brought us to to this story and staying on the story for so long is actually going and visiting Piketon, which Stephanie, Jeff, and I all went to Piketon, Ohio um, several times. And we got to knock on doors and speak to people who were integral to all sides. And, and just to find out kind of in, wasn't in real time exactly when the tragedy happened, 
but listen, tragedy lingers and the effects, you know, they lad they are forever. Um, and so I think that's part of what's kept us is really the people who were involved. And imagine. So, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to set up. So the, the, for those of you that don't know, there were a family of eight, right, were massacred execution style in this town in different homes all on the same day. All on the same day. And initially reports said that it was, in fact, execution style. And they thought it was this assassin who came in in the night and went to four different locations. And we now know that it was far from an execution. It was a straight massacre. It was an overkill for members of the same, you know, eight members of the same family, ranging in age as young as 16 years old, were all murdered. Some of them were mothers holding their babies. And to find out two years later, the babies, thankfully, were all left alive at the scene. Um, tragic as even that sounds for the life to come. But find out two years later that a local, very prominent family who was very close to the victims were in fact the, the killers. And um, now we know that is fact as one of them has pled. And you're talking about a mother, a father, and two sons. And the four of them, we now know as a matter of fact, plotted and planned for months and months to essentially eradicate an entire bloodline and did so pretty successfully and almost got away with it. And, you know, the town is a small town, like so many that we are all from, myself included. And imagine knowing either somebody on the victim side or someone on the accused side. It was a small town that was rocked. It's considered the largest crime investigation in Ohio's history. So you don't go anywhere there, whether you're at the Walmart or at the, you know, the local little shop who's not affected. They went to high school with the accused or they know intimately well one of the victims. So and and not to mention. So this was in 2016. Right. And then mm -hmm. the, this family that you're referring to, which I, I can't wrap my head around, you know, uh, some parents that then commit murders with their kids like together. That's there's Can obviously. Some, imagine? Some, yes. No, no, I can't. <laughs> but so then it was two years, right, until they were arrested. So you're talking about a close knit community. And amongst this, that family was just there for two years acting like, wow, I can't believe this happened. So that's enough to re rattle you. Right. The, the whole community's rattled in 2016. Then two years later, they find out that these people that they were probably opening up to about this were the ones that did it. And so then you're shook again. Exactly. Yeah. And the Wa the Wagner family, who, again, is now all the four of them are in prison. Um, you know, they took to social media. And as Stephanie said, they were connected to the rodents, the victim's family. And so they were saying in interviews and on their own posts, you know, we need to find the monsters who did this. And we have such Ooh. love for the rodents. And it's it's really um, diabolical what they were doing just the the you know the level of fraud really they were perpetrating after the fact not to mention just one other right. detail that kind of sticks with us you know season three premieres today and we have a lot of access to the accused families who were under a gag order or frankly were petrified and too scared to speak with us uh, for good reason and this looks like a regular family right so Angela Wagner, who's the accused mother. So there's a mother, her husband, Billy Wagner, her eldest son, George Wagner, and then a younger son, Jake Wagner. The mom now, we know now, is, was plotting it. She was on surveillance at Walmart, buying the equipment for silencers and the shoes that were later found at the crime scene. They had murder meetings, <laughs> sitting around the kitchen table, murder plotting meetings. and planning mm -hmm. to do this. And I, at the time they lived together. Can you imagine this? So they got a car, they got into a car, allegedly, and then went from one house, committed a massacre, got back in a car, went to another house, committed a massacre four times, and then went home, showered, and went about life. And that piece of it is just too much to kind of wrap your brain around. Because well, you like also, to think, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like, this is why parents should never live with their adult children. That's a good point. You know, it's like it drives people <laughs> to the point of insanity. I just having a murder meeting to me. Yeah, I mean, they just decide to plot murders of other people. I mean, this is just clearly mental illness. But 
also you know the 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 term murder meeting i just imagine them sitting around the dinner table being like oh honey pass the potatoes and who should we kill first it's like that's out of a comedy it it almost doesn't even seem real these seem like fake people and the fact that when they found the bodies they weren't just shot multiple times they were also bruised Mm -hmm. so you know that they were beaten before they were shot so it it leads to so many questions about the motive and I think that you know they've said that it's about custody battle and that sort of thing but what do you think it really is do you think that's it this is quite you have no idea the question you just asked by the way Um, (laughs) you're like that's what the 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 whole show was about yeah yeah yeah. I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give a real short black and white answer which is not the full scope um allegedly because you know this is all still coming out in court um it is custody over a little girl who was shared between the youngest son on the killer side, Jake Wagner and Hannah Mae Roden. And they were an unmarried couple who had um, by all accounts, fairly happily for years split custody. And they lived the three of them as a little unit part-time at one family, part-time at the other. Uh, Their romantic relationship ended and yeah, the thought that it was an absolute obsession of getting custody of this little girl by the killer family. Well, guess what? You don't have custody of her anymore. So no, choice. nobody. That's correct. Um, so anyway, that that is one simple answer. However, Stephanie, listen. In my mind, <laughs> I am. Stephanie just took her heels it. off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She, she took is, her hoops out. She's ready to go. We are like, hey, listen. This is at one point went from a. Who done it to a why done it right Ooh. so we were really looking into the the why how could there possibly be a killer family who sticks to the same story for years very difficult mm-hmm. and how could there be a killer mom at the helm of this who's really setting her kids out for potentially death also they could have all been killed in this massacre so you know season three that becomes part of our initial um obsession but i think now we're seeing that you know this is a really convenient narrative and you know trials are now on the horizon so much of this will be disclosed but it seems as though custody in my humble opinion allegedly is the touch point that makes us all categorize it and put it in a nice safe box and say okay must have been over custody that's that and now we're seeing that there there may have been a much larger plot in play um there's been talk about the cartel and there's been talk about more nefarious Uh things happening in the in the greater piketon area um, and we have access of really some scary information. You know, on our podcast, we have to put everything through really a very serious legal lens because the trials are upcoming and some of the participants are really participating in a way that they haven't before. Um, so we can't say anything that hasn't been appropriately vetted, but it, it, it's pretty, the, the custody thing we now know to be, or I believe to be a very small piece of a very scary puzzle. Well, I know. I mean, that would make sense because, like I said, all right. Well, you didn't. You thought all this through that you planned. You plotted out this whole thing, but you didn't think that this is for custody. And now nobody has the kid, right? So, exactly. so there has to be more to it. But the 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 psychosis to have family planning uh, things to go shopping at Walmart for your murder weapons. Is a, and Jesus, it's insane. And by the way, if you see the picture of Angela Wagner, this mom. She just looks like a regular person. She looks like anybody we all could have grown up next to. You know, she is, looks. Isn't like that what they always say? They always uh, say, oh, I, "They always seem so nice." The, I mean, the, the prominent so family. Nice. And yeah, then, the and then you people you don't have to be worried about. The that's why I, they've got I, nothing to lose, you know. Yeah. They're, but they're just uh, <laughs> they, they're already putting it out there. It's <laughs> the regular right. people, you know, that we're worried about their secrets. Well, so. Oh, sorry, Dimitri. No, I hijacked you. No, no, not at all. It's so, but then to go like you, the way you you painted this out, Stephanie, is then they went and committed a murder, then went to the next house. Never once along that way did they have any remorse. Like you would think at some point when someone goes and they kill someone, they go, "Whoa, okay, I, wow, okay," but to do it four times and never shift. How does nobody actually have some moment of clarity midway? Right. That they're just saying, no, let's not do this. Oh, my God, please, no. 
Now we are hearing um, and learning pieces of that night that does shape even what we're speaking yeah. about now. Uh, I'm in a pretty profound way, um, in a jaw-dropping way. We're on season three right now. We also did a documentary about the murders prior to this. So it, it seems impossible that you could speak about one story for that long. And just when we think we're like, okay, that's a wrap, the whole thing gets all turned around and we're more confused probably this season than ever before because as trials now happen and by the way this insulary family that was so close-knit and they all live together and they commit murder together and that crazy killer mom well now they're eating each other little by little and you know turning on each other for the first time and the torrid tales that we're hearing about them leading up to this murder spree essentially and the days leading after and also, you know, they're getting allegedly threats behind bars and are maybe potentially allegedly, I don't know how many times to say that, um, you know, maybe this is a convenient story to keep them alive behind bars mm. because there's a bigger plot in play. But no matter how you slice it, you know, three young mothers were murdered holding their babies. I mean, what kind of a sicko, what well, kind of I'm, a sicko could put that plan in place? To me, in my head, when you say it like that, it makes me think because didn't didn't they change their story and come forward two years later and decide that now they're going to change their plea to being guilty and I'm like maybe you're right there is or a bigger plot at play because maybe they felt safer behind bars than they did in the outside even, world and even weirder at first when they were arrested that's when we got involved to do the documentary we went there immediately once arrests happened and we kind of set out to disprove that a killer mom could exist or a killer family which you know there's not many of those if any uh it's impossible right and they really did plead their innocence and they were pretty convincing you know honestly i think when we started this me of everybody was like yeah i kind of think that they could not have done it no way it has to be something larger um and now to the five year anniversary, Jake Wagner, the youngest son, he's the one that fled and basically said, okay, I, I did some of this killing and I am gonna now testify against my mother, my brother and my father to get their death sentences off the table, which is a pretty big mm -hmm. difference. Um, and now they're all jumping in to either spare their lives. Some of them really wanna get free um, and they all their stories aren't really matching up and they have to, uh, which is, you know, compelling in and of itself. There's going to be a showdown in court where for the first time they're seeing each other eye to eye. And, you know, the fate mm -hmm. of all four of them really does lie in the limbo. Is Jake this the father of the child uh, of the custody? Okay. Correct. He allegedly it found God in prison. And by the way, there's a whole religious element to this, too, which is fascinating. But apparently behind bars. He discovered God and was born again and is now, you know, purging his conscience. I think I can say this, but Court, we were at something, we were at Crime Con yeah. not that long ago and we were speaking about it. And, you know, the, the people who were there had really captivating, interesting questions that we're trying to sort of go through on the podcast this season. And somebody had come up to us and said, I have access to Jake Wagner on a regular basis. And he's writing this manifesto behind bars. And it kind of gave me chills. I don't know what that means. Does a manifesto imply that he has more to say and he's going to, or he's going to leave this manifesto behind and take his life? I, I, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen, but there's clearly more happening behind closed doors and those doors are about to open. The family feels very Ozark to me. It is. It's oh, a good call. I think Ozark yeah. is you still, know? like, are we, like, well, at some point, even this season, especially, I was like, it sounds like too much like Ozark is, or is that possible? But it, it I, we couldn't imagine it being any weirder. Yeah, and, it's and it is. Weirder. Yeah, it's at the point of the Appalachians, and yeah, it's it said it's very good visual yeah. to evoke. Now, what was the what was the initial thing that led? The, I guess the tipping point that led them to be suspects to begin with, right? Because clearly, two years passed whether they were suspects or not, something tipped it where they're like, okay, now they were being accused. I can jump in. Go ahead, go, 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 go get them for um, I mean, it was, it was a multitude of things. I mean, the, the investigation was so broad and vast. That, I mean, there were many, many national, federal, and local agencies 
just scouring. So it was in doing the, you know, in doing the interviews and talking to people, listen, it's like if any, if any wife is dead, it's the husband you look at, the significant other, right? And so I think part of it just started from, okay, this is a very close relationship. And then they start peeling the onion back and these families were connected on, that wasn't their only connection. There was business. They had generations of the family knew each other. So it's unclear exactly if there's the smoking gun aside from evidence that came to be found. But in the initial days, it was really just talking to people and finding out. And by the way, these Wagners, they bought a vehicle for the purpose of murder. We know that now as a matter of fact. After the murders happened, they were like, it's too painful to be here any longer. And they went to Alaska. They basically liquidated all of their things, dipped and went to Alaska for two years, <laughs> right? In the like dead of night. Okay, so, but that doesn't make them guilty. Oh, all right, fine. They're there for two years. They come back to Piketon for reasons we still don't entirely know, allegedly because the eldest accused father, his father was dying and they came back to care for him. And soon thereafter, they were arrested. And one other big quick note that I think was also fascinating about this investigation, and then I promise to stop talking, is after the- It would be weird um, if you stopped talking. <laughs> very quiet. Yeah, Stephanie, we're used to hijacking the point of being here. <laughs> after the murders, this was, again, the largest crime investigation in Ohio's history. It's a small town. So, you know, everyone's doing their very best. It was four different locations. And they basically moved all of these four homes, which were, you know, very nice trailer homes, you know, that they were able to move into a different location on, in this like trailers, uh, no, in a uh, hangar, if you will, to preserve evidence. And look, we see this all the time. We were raised in the house of Nancy Grace. Preserving a crime scene investigation is top priority at all costs, right? Not touching anything. If you're going to move four of these locations where these murders happened, there's so much room for error in that potentially. And we always believed that that would be the cornerstone for the Wagner's defense. Mm -hmm. Good luck proving that that wasn't tampered with or misplaced or, uh, or mm -hmm. planted, right? You know, that, that seems like a narrative that everybody could probably get on board with. We thought that we're gonna be uh, free, to be honest. In fact, we've always been very careful about what we say. We don't want a Wagner coming for us. So, right. you know, it didn't seem as though they were gonna spend their lives in prison in my purview. And then Jake spoke up. So it's that there's so many tentacles to it at this point, but it is a really fascinating investigation also and how that is now unfolding. And the special prosecutor who's about to go to trial is a really magnanimous female prosecutor who's like not letting it go and is a super stud. And, you know, we're really just bracing ourselves for the information that we're, we're all kind of dying to know. I mean, getting contaminated uh, evidence and tampering with evidence. And I mean, this is such a common theme. It happened in the Amanda Knox case. Mm -hmm. It happened in JonBenet Ramsey. And it happens so frequently. And usually when things are tampered with, th these are the biggest cases because there are loose ties. So you find people really pulling at strings to create storylines that make sense because they either want to force a narrative or they want to, uh, you know, force justice, whatever mm -hmm. that looks like. And uh, I mean, there are so many things that you were saying that were just like so thought provoking and also terrifying. I think, you they, know, when you were like, we don't want a Wagner. After us. I, <laughs> I mean, was like, Jesus. honestly, <laughs> yeah. Do they so they know you. But I mean, they're behind bars, but there are other Wagners out there. Well, and we know many of the Wagners, to be honest, we've interviewed hundreds of people, whether remotely or in person, collectively, mm. Courtney, Jeff and myself and Chris Graves, who also works on this with us. We've interviewed so many people on all sides and many have chosen to be either anonymous or have don't want to participate after mm. what they've told us. So I feel like and we can't say anything unless it's you know, so, right? Because it could potentially have influence. But it is one of those things that on the Wagner side, the accused side, you know, they don't believe it either, you know? And people are heartbroken that their families who they really believed in and were rallying for and trying to get out of prison are now saying, oops, I might not have been that honest from the jump and I'm so sorry to be such a great liar. And how do four people become such great liars together? 
And at the end of the day, not to lose sight of these, you know, beautiful rodent family, they were very beloved and lovable. And they were a, a, a fun loving, gregarious family who had so much ahead of them. Um, it's so easy for them to get lost in this story. And, you know, we always try not to belabor that, but um, it's one of those stories that has really become a piece of our DNA. And we think about it and talk about it to nauseam. So thank you for letting me do so. <laughs> No, I'm gonna. So I'm gonna ask a question. It's a weird question, and I tried to let it go in my head, but I haven't been able to. So I just have to get it out. You said that they bought a car to commit the murders. What car did they buy for? The, what's what's your murder vehicle? It's a truck. A truck. There's always a truck. Yeah. Isn't that what Brian Laundry? Isn't that the 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 car that he? Well, the other thing too is, I feel like running is obvious guilt. You know, I mean. Uh, that happened with Brian Laundry. He immediately dipped after he murdered Gabby Petito. And then even when they went to Florida, I think it was too much for the parents. So they went on a trip camping. They're like, we just got to get out of here. You know, it's, it's constant running from the truth and the pain. And uh, I mean, going imagine? to Alaska, I mean, yeah. that's as far as you can get, you know. Well, in their <laughs> opinion, the other side. so their thought on it was that, you know, their, their, their speak to that at the time was that we're leaving not as a dip to show guilt, but rather there's still a three-year-old daughter at the center of this who just lost her entire poor family. And, you know, the town had had some rumors about the Wagners potentially being involved. Somebody threw a bottle or something at Angela Wagner and they thought, you know what, for the sanctity of our beautiful three-year-old who we want to be able to move on healthily with. We're going to mm -hmm. reevaluate and reimagine our lives in Alaska, far, far from the police. And and by the way, did they went to church every day and seemingly kind of picked up and moved on? And maybe had they stayed there, I'm so curious, why would you possibly? Why would that? they come back? Yes. And by the way, Jake Wagner, the <laughs> don't get me started. Jake Wagner, the youngest son, whose daughter in the custody was at the center of this allegedly. This guy goes to Alaska with his family and meets another young girl, meets another young girl at church who he's basically set up with through their pastor. And this young girl is like, she, he seemed lovely. Can you imagine? And then oh, a, a nice, him. handsome, single dad. They got married. Yes. Yeah, they got married. Yes. Yes. And now she's mm -hmm. a big piece of this, too. She's on the witness list. Uh, I, we, we have recently heard that the special prosecutor had to create a new Social Security number for her because she had to be, you know, gone in the dead of night for her own safety. Um, and, you know, we've been really actively hoping to, you know, get access to her and hear her voice. But again, she was married into a killer family. Um, mm -hmm. You know, talk about it. I have the worst gut in the world when it comes to true love. So, you know, uh, can you imagine this young girl? Number, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Um, yeah, this, the plot thickens, you know, we're, and we do go through the Alaska piece of it in, in, in lots of detail this season. I mean, it makes me think, like, is Alaska that bad that it would force you to come back and admit guilt to a crime? Many people love Alaska, including Jewel. You know, Alaska is a beautiful place to many, um, but it seems far away and very remote. And again, forever going to church. One of the oldest sons, too, this has always haunted me, the eldest son, George Wagner, uh, the accused. He has requested a, a Bible in solitary confinement sure. in prison. Ah, who wants solitary confinement <laughs> to get ready? I'm starting mm -hmm. to think that everyone that goes to church isn't always uh, good and doesn't always have the best intentions in mind. Where did you get that idea from, Dimitri? Just pieced a few <laughs> things together from different things all over the world. Interesting. Well, you know, Myler, did they have children together? Oh, the, the new wife? They did not. No, they yeah, did the not. No, she was okay. behaving as like a bit of a, you know, new stepmother to uh, the three-year-old at the time um, and, you know, thought she married into this like lovely family, not realizing once you get married into this family, it seems like the the windows shut and the doors yeah. shut and you're you're stuck and held captive really yeah. quickly. Mama Wagner's and, going to Walmart. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And they so just even before all this. You know, you had mentioned how they lived together as adults. And then also with any women, I mean, George Wagner, the oldest one, he had a wife for a while. Then she too moved in. And when they were splitting custody with Hannah Roden, so it was really complete control. So not just mom, dad, the two sons, any woman they were seriously involved in was then also brought in. 
and kept under it surveilled. They were surveilled. They were tracked. They were, and this goes, this goes back years. It's, it's unbelievable. What? Yeah. That, we have that. What access. is her issue? What do you think her issue is? Control <laughs> level of, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's insane to, you know, to try and put reason to something unreasonable is I always struggle with that. So, right. You know, what is it? I, I, it's hard to know, except there is definitely obsession, um, protection of whether it's the bloodline or what Angela Wagner, the mother deems as hers, which would be her boys and anyone who impacts them. So she would have, Wait, it, you met, you get, you meet one of the Wagner boys who are lovely by many accounts, we might add. We've heard many stories so. this season, seasonally. So they were shy and they were loved. They meet a nice girl. That nice girl comes into the mix. Um, and then is immediately cut off from her family. If there's a child involved, they get rid of the mom and force custody to be given to Angela Wagner, the killer mom, who's really the grandmother now of like the said three-year-old, for example. And then she starts making them call her mom. So they were, you know, Angela Wagner, killer mom was in her son's girlfriend's social media. She was tracking all of them for months and months mm -hmm. and months. And the, the one, the second, uh, the eldest son's now ex-wife who thankfully survived. Um, and this did not happen. It's the younger, I'm making this very confusing. There's two times now that Angela Wagner, killer mom has forced custody issues on both of her son's loved ones in hopes of getting rid of the women and keeping the kids for herself. So the mom, the, the mom is the epicenter of all this. And you think she's probably the, the one that just, from the inside the house, up the whole family and masterminded all this just to keep her little empire, and she's the she's the center of everybody. We thought that in episode one, and now I think if you ask me today, and we're really we're still midstream on season mm -hmm. three. Um, I don't think that's it anymore. Bye, yay! <laughs> I mean, damn you, reality I show producers. Yeah. Me. Wow. That's really good. You know, now I'm going to go binge <laughs> myself. I just, I mean, because it seemed so clear and now it's so unclear. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting <laughs> hearing about just obsession. Well, you know, the old adage obsession breeds content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when someone is angry or furious or jealous or any of those things these like crimes of passion whether they're sexual involved or romantic or familial becomes really intense and mm -hmm. to have such an entanglement where the entire family is essentially it's like a it's like a baby racket i mean it is unfathomable really can you imagine being a girl in the in the Alaskan church and she's like, oh, I met this really nice guy. And maybe, maybe you find out someone has something in their past. And then you're like, okay, well, it was murder. And you're like, oh, what happened? So someone fell down and hit their head and he was kind of blamed for it. No, it turns out he and his whole family allegedly massacred a, an entire family. Like, holy yeah. crap. Wait, do you think the pastor feels really bad? He's like, oh, no, I... I, I have the worst judge of character and I set yes, up a very nice Christian Alaskan woman with an entire family of murderers. You know, like there's something we got to talk to that pastor. He's really the problem here. How's the sermon the next Sunday? He's like, I'd like to come clean on something. I kind of regret. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, who do I confess my sins to? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, oof, this is. Um, and, you know, we, we also we make a podcast called Crazy and Love, Leah, you know. Um, yes. Really, every episode kind of does look at that intersection between when something starts really loving and seemingly normal on its nose and then turns deadly. And unfortunately, those stories are seemingly never ending, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're seeing it in the news right now. Um, why? Why? Go to see a therapist. Go talk to a family, a friend. Move something. There, there's so many other answers mm -hmm. than what we talk about every day, which is murder. And I don't know that we'll ever fully understand it, right? Courtney and I debate this today. She's the cerebral smart one of us and is always saying, why do you ask why? Why do you ask why? You cannot make mm -hmm. sense of nonsensical people or situations. And I sort of have to believe that somewhere we can. And, you know, that's kind of why I guess we're all on this right now and why crime is 
something that we're all so obsessed with. It's, you know, we're on that justice journey, right? And we want to be able to categorize it in our heads. And this is just another example of one that's really been hard to do. It's okay. that's that's the thing is it's something that that we can't wrap our heads around. So that's what intrigues you the most, right? It scares the shit out of you. And I think that's why so many people are, are scared of death because they don't know the end. That's, that's an answer that they don't know. Right. But when these things happen and you think, OK, well, let's look into it. And then you want the why, because it's the only way to make you feel better, because if you don't have the why, then anybody around you can be one of these people. Right? right. So then you feel your world is all of a sudden extremely small and you feel at anything can happen. And, and and I think that's a scary point. So we need that. Why we need. Well, what was the one thing that really set this off? Why did people not see they should have seen? So you always want that reason. Yes. And Stephanie and Courtney, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. I feel like we could talk to you for hours about this. And trust me, we've got questions. OK, yeah. we have questions. Um, and and you really mind me when you were like, oh, no, it's not at all what you think it was. So I know. I'm going to binge watch, binge watch, binge listen the pod to the pod. I have no brain cells left. I've been in Europe for a month. And I'm very excited to listen to your podcast. And is there any, are there any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? Don't all jump in at once. I thought you Why guys were hijackers. Why does that feel so hard? Yeah. Um. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's because you already hooked us with something. You're like, I, I, now I got to come up with something that tops the last yeah. thing. No. I, I'm you're like, trying to you're like we gave hijack. you the I'm line. I'm not to be hijacky. Um, court, go for it. I, I, I have plenty to say. Um. No, I mean, I would say if, um, you know, for, for anyone who listens to um, Piked and Massacre or Crazy in Love or right here, I think one thing that uh, I just put out there is to keep in mind that uh, real people are involved in all of these. That's yeah, really it. Yeah. Our hearts yeah, do genuinely go out to the victims. And also, you know, one thing about the Piked and Massacre specifically is we do get a lot of uh, we get a lot of information from people who tip us off to a lot of interesting stuff when we take it very seriously. And we really do find interesting pieces of information because whether it's a, a local or a distant family member or a psychic medium, you'd be shocked how many listeners have reached out directly with information. And it's really made us pivot many times where you know we thought we locked an episode and then we get some mail from a listener and it completely confuses us again and we go down that rabbit hole which ends up being accurate so wow. i would just say to anybody listening please do reach out and find us um you know we do read and we do take it seriously and we um we try to be mindful of just staying out of the way of the story and um yeah our hearts go out to the rodens and the rodent family thank you so much courtney and stephanie yeah. i mean Absolutely. Our hearts go out to the Roden family. This is such a sad tragedy. I mean, this is one of the most tragic stories I've heard in a really long time. I wish actually that is true, but there are constantly new tragedies every day in America mm -hmm. and around the world at this point. But thank you so much for your work and uh, for your beautiful hearts and souls. And you guys go listen to the Piketown Massacre. I mean, if you're not, I am. And I need someone to talk to about it. Please. Yeah, everybody there's three seasons. Check it out. And then the trial starts for at least for for George the fourth. Right. That starts in August. So maybe you guys can come back and, and when things get underway, we can talk more about the about the trial and or the verdict. And, and thank you so yes. much for having us on real time crime. Yeah, we are mega fans. So keep the fight going. And thank you for having us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile... The ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Well, Dimitri, I think that is the conclusion of this episode of, uh, I mean, just sad after sad after sad. So that story is bizarre. I mean, just also just totally bonkers because you know there's going to be a netflix movie about this family right yeah and i hate that i have to think that way but i'm like no it's obvious it's like this is too wild and out there and weird and i i almost am so fascinated by these bigger stories where there's always something larger at play where you're like wow where did this start to unravel you know going from getting away with murder to deciding that you want to plead guilty, I got to know everything. I got to know. Like, you could have gotten away with this. We need more information. And if you have information, you know what to do. Call in live at 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-21-CRIME. 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-212-7463. You guys, um, sorry about that weird whisper. Stay safe. We love you. Don't commit any crimes. Good night. Oh, you can also find us on the internet. You know, all the places. Dimitri Pappas on Instagram. Again, like I said before, very funny Instagram account. And Leah Lamar with two R's at the end on Instagram, Twitter. TikTok has five R's. And uh, my tour dates are leahlamar.com. I'll be doing some stand-up in London. So if you're in town next week, DM me. I got a lot of messages when I was in London last weekend. I, I did not have time to do stand-up because I was there for a hot 24 hours. But after that, oh, a hot I'm going to be there hours. for very hot. Very okay. hot. I mostly slept. Hey, um, but I will be back next week. I'll be doing some shows. Message me and I can send you the information. Again, we love you all. Stay safe. Good night. Bye. It's real-time crime. It's real-time crime. It's real-time crime. I mean, is it actually real-time time crime? Are we solving anything? Crime. Or is that just a thing we say? It's a thing we say. Got it. Okay. See you next week for more real-time crime. Only on iHeartRadio. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.